Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Home Podcast. We're a cooperative bunch of pastors, social workers, therapists, parents, lawyers, and others committed to offering a mediation experience, promoting your well-being. There's really nothing like us out there. We intentionally work to create safe environments for you to find creative solutions to all sorts of conflict. We offer mediation in family law issues, for schools, social services, mental health, and other household matters. Today, we have the honor of listening to Melissa Miroslavich share about her practice in mediation as a family law attorney. Melissa is a one-of-a-kind dynamite. She is a fierce advocate for self-determination, and so take a listen as Katrina interviews Melissa today. Hello, everyone. My name is Katrina Villegas, one of the Restoring Home Cooperative Mediators. I'm here today with a fellow cooperative member, Melissa, and Melissa is joining us today in order to provide some answers to some basic questions so that she can introduce herself to folks who might be interested in utilizing her mediation services. So, Melissa, would you like to introduce yourself for a brief moment here? Sure. Hi. Thank you so much for that introduction. My name is Melissa Miroslavich, and I am an attorney and a mediator, and I joined Restoring Home after having practiced family law as an attorney and also as a mediator. Um, But what I'm finding as an attorney and a mediator, uh, when clients come to me, it typically is later in the divorce process, and um, oftentimes when clients are seeking out an attorney, there's already decisions and things in place um, that have set people on a certain course. And the benefit I think of restoring home, and one of the reasons I am a member of the cooperative is that uh, mediation can happen at any time and it can happen much earlier and much sooner if families are experiencing conflict, um, even prior to contacting attorneys um, and getting involved in a court process. And that that opportunity that uh, people have to have a resolution to some of the conflict that's happening in their family is really beneficial, even if they decide in this case, maybe to still have a divorce, that um, a lot of that conflict can be seeped out and the process itself can be better for families in a way that keeps them together enough to move forward and have more fulfilling lives, even if they're going to be separate lives. Wow, that says quite a lot about yourself and about your philosophy, Melissa. Thank you so much. Is there anything else about you personally or your family or your background, whether it's related to your legal profession that you've just mentioned or or any other type of professional background that you'd care to share with people today? Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so I I have a family, so I definitely have experience with familial conflict. <laughs> um, I have pets, and those are not typically a source of conflict. Um, and prior, not typically, although sometimes we argue about who's going to feed them. Um, what I will say is I, before I went to law school, I actually went to law school as a second career. And so I started my career working with families. I was a small business owner and my clients were families. And in that role and with that business, I spent a lot of time talking with families and celebrating families and interviewing families. And so, um, I took that with me when I went to law school and started learning about how does the law work and how does litigation work. And I had the opportunity to work with and learn from some very um, stellar 
professors who are the epitome of alternative dispute resolution um, leaders. And through that discourse and through learning from them, I really found value in the processes that are outside of the court system. And I got my hands on as much alternative dispute resolution information as I could. Um, and I've used that in my career as an attorney. Um, and I definitely use that in my role as a facilitative mediator um, with the Restoring Home Cooperative. Um, something to think about with mediation, and this is something that I learned studying it, is that there's mediation is, is exists on a spectrum. Um, and on one end of the spectrum, is a type of mediation that's called evaluative mediation. And a lot of times you'll find that with attorneys and in the court systems, um, with people who are looking for input that is stronger than um, an opinion sometimes, where they're looking for somebody else to resolve things for them or answer questions for them. And that's an evaluative type of mediation. What I would say with restoring home and the benefit of restoring home types of mediation is that it's either a transformative or restorative mediation, or maybe even a facilitative mediation. And how that differs and why that's important is that a facilitative mediation approach or a restorative mediation approach both look at conflict from the perspective of not what would a court do and what would a court value, but what do the families themselves value or what do the people involved in the conflict actually value? And the benefit of that is it keeps the ability to resolve the conflict with the people who are involved in the conflict directly. And what I mean by that is you get to self-determine the outcome, which opens the door, I think, for the most creative, possible, beneficial resolutions to conflict that keeps all the parties viable and all the parties having a sort of a stake in the outcome. Because as soon as you give that up, and you have somebody else make that decision for you, and that might be a court case, for example, somebody who's standing in front of you or sitting in front of you high up on a bench in a black robe is gonna tell you what to do. And that person who's sitting in the role of judge only has so many options legally available to them. But in a facilitative mediation discussion or a restorative mediation discussion, the parties have I'm going to use the word smorgasbord. I don't think I've ever used that word before, but a smorgasbord of options to be creative about how um, everybody can sort of get what they want with the recognition that there are two people, usually maybe more involved in the conflict and everybody has a say in its outcome. But leaving that self-determination with the people involved, I think is invaluable um, in, in making relationships sort of survive the conflict, even if they're surviving in separate ways, that there's still a better resolution available because of that. I kind of went off on a tangent, but I think I answered the question. Yes, Melissa, I believe that you did, but that's all very good information. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. When you were speaking earlier, I heard a lot about your prior background with families and celebrating families. And then, of course, in your current profession, I heard things about parties and divorce. And so I'm just wondering if you'd care to clarify exactly whom you're intending to provide mediation or facilitative services for. Is there a specific uh, group of people or a specific set of folks who are in or out of court types of processes that you would be offering your services to? Or is it just anybody? 
Well, I think anybody can experience conflict. And I am qualified by uh, by Rule 114, the Minnesota Supreme Court, to handle mediation for families. But I'm also um, qualified for civil mediation as well. And so that means I can handle all kinds of different kinds of conflict. Um, I do work with families a lot. And uh, when I talk about parties um, in court, that's typically husbands and wives. Um, but a lot of times the issues can also extend into other family members. Um, a lot of issues sometimes result result from having different opinions about how to parent children, or they could be extended family conflicts. And so any type of family conflict um, is sort of in my wheelhouse. And I'm happy to to talk with folks about what that what that would mean working with me. So what that looks like is you have a mediator who helps you facilitate the conversation. The, the facilitator is an impartial person, typically a neutral is what we would call that person, but they remain unbiased in the conflict and are, are there to help bring things to light and help show the individuals involved in the conflict where agreement might actually exist and where there's opportunity, I think, for additional agreement. I will say one of the things that's unique that I do, um, and I think I might be the first person in Minnesota to have this, is um, I have also studied extensively um, conflicts surrounding pets and animals, which is um, a little bit unique, I think. Um, but we, I talked about my pets earlier. Yeah. Um, there, there is, I think, um, this happens sometimes when a divorce is happening and, and couples are talking about where, you know, where is our family dog going to live and how's that going to work? Um, I have trained um, under um, a woman who does specifically pet behaviorist. She's a pet behaviorist and um, and, I've, and I've completed a training on pet custody issues. And one of the very unique things about mediation is that when I talked earlier about creative solutions, this is a place really where if you want to um, come up with a good solution for your pet, it is better served in mediation. Because if you looked at the court system, any of your pets or animals would be considered property, like a similar to a couch or a car, maybe. Um, and so there isn't the ability, I think, for the court to really look at what might be the best for your pet. And that is something that I can uniquely provide. It's very, very specific, but is one of the areas that I am passionate about. Well, that is a unique fact that I wasn't expecting to hear, Melissa. Thank you so much for digging that nugget out for us. And it tied very nicely back into what you were saying earlier. So what I'm wondering is, um, since we are getting to where we would like to wrap this up, if you feel the need to, um, I'm wondering how you would recommend people go about contacting you if they're interested in utilizing your services or getting to know you better for the purposes of mediation. Um, thanks. Yes. The best way to reach me is through the Restoring Home website. Uh, on my page, there is a link to an email as well as the website and a phone number. So I can be contacted in any of those ways. Um, most likely you'll reach my paralegal who will then schedule an appointment with me. And I'm happy to um, have a conversation about mediation and restoring home processes and what that mediation would look like for your situation. Thank you. I appreciate the time today, Katrina, and the opportunity to talk with you and share with you a little bit about my role in Restoring Home Cooperative. And I know um, you have a video on here as well, or a podcast on here as well. So I encourage people to really um, check out the different mediators that are available to you, 
at Restoring Home Cooperative, it's a very unique group of individuals in that we come from different backgrounds. So there are attorneys who are mediators here. There are social workers. There are pastors and therapists. And so each of us, I think, comes to resolving conflict with maybe a different hat, but also we have the same goal, and that is to help help you work through your conflict in a way that hopefully restores relationships, um, or at least puts them on a path for a stronger future. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today, and I appreciate your time as well. Thank you. Wow, what an awesome interview. You can find Melissa's contact information in our show notes at restoring-home.com backslash Melissa Miroslavich. Melissa is quite the expert when it comes to the marital dissolution process, post-decree matters, and definitely pet conflict. So reach out to Melissa if you have any particular questions you want to ask her. And next week, join us as we continue the conversation with Katrina Viegas. Take care, friends.